BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome back to Behind the Bastards, the podcast where I'm Robert Evans and we talk about bad people and I introduce the show poorly. Uh, This is uh, an episode about Jeffrey Epstein and my my guest today uh, is Daniel O'Brien. Dan, how you doing, man? Hello. Thrilled to be talking to you for a third episode about about Jeffrey Epstein. Jepstein. Yeah. That's what I've decided we should call him. Now, really, uh, really thought we sort of uh, closed the book on this one the last time. Has there been any updates? Yeah, you know, uh, Dan, it's been a busy year uh, since we last talked. A lot has happened. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you won an Emmy. Uh, I went to Syria, and our friend Jeffrey Epstein had some big um, had some big things happen as well. Yeah, uh, you have to you have to <laughs> offer a bunch of retractions for your last episodes because it turns out he, uh, he was exonerated on all counts. Right? Is that the news? Oh no, Dan. Um, slightly, slightly different than that. Uh, yeah. He he either killed himself or was murdered in a prison cell um, after being arrested at an airport uh, and charged with uh, a whole a whole bunch of crimes. Yikes! Yeah, not a great year for Epstein. Um, now, yeah. I would imagine you have uh, an order in which you want to proceed with this episode and that me jumping in right now and asking you questions is disrupting that in some way um i no i feel like i don't care uh (laughs) right off the top do you have strong opinions on suicide versus murder 
Um, I have strong opinions that the case for murder isn't nearly as strong as a lot of people think it is. I think there's a lot of people misunderstanding, in some cases deliberately, what has actually been revealed. Um, that said, there's definitely some fishy-ass shit, and it's it's not unreasonable to want an investigation into it. Got it. Um, I'm leaning towards suicide, though. Um, and I suspect most of the listeners think he was murdered. Uh, so this this will be fun. Where are you on this? Uh, I haven't thought too much about it, to be completely honest. Uh, that seems healthy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's he's. I'm sure a compelling case could be made for either side. I don't. Mm-hmm. Doesn't quite matter to me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably sounds uh, callous. I don't think you can be callous about a mass child rapist. Um, I I, I kind of think you can do whatever you want. Uh, when talking about Jeffrey Epstein, as long as you're not talking about how good an art collector he was or something right. like that. Yeah. I mean, if, if not, not callous, cause like, it's not, I've, I have no respect for Jeffrey Epstein. I don't, I don't give a shit, but, uh, the fact that I clearly don't care one way or the other means I, I I'm implicitly saying I don't care if someone can sneakily murder someone and get away with it. And that's not a good stance to have. That's not an ideal stance to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Like, so I, I I guess we should, you're probably aware of a lot of the things that have, um, recently come out. I think the, the most recent big story about Epstein, there's actually been a couple in the last week. The most recent is a a project Veritas video from your, your old alumni, James Um, (laughs) O'Keefe. Did you ever run into him at Rutgers, by the way? No, I did not. Okay. That's good. That's probably good for everybody. Um, he seems insufferable. Yes. Uh, so he put out a video of uh, ABC News anchor uh, Amy Robach. And in the video, she claims that the network quashed uh, an interview she conducted with a source about Jeffrey Epstein's like uh, child prostitution business um, that involved like Prince Andrew and kind of suggested that ABC had, like, pulled uh, the story due to threats from, like, Buckingham Palace and, like, a number of other powerful people. And so this is, like, this has been pretty prominent on the internet. Uh, And, like, I think the way that most people have framed it is, like, oh, James O'Keefe actually got a scoop. This is a clear example of ABC News um, killing a story to protect Jeffrey Epstein and the powerful people that he provided prostitutes for. And I'm not going to say that's 100% not what's happening, but I really don't think that's what's happening. So I, I should start by I'm gonna I'm actually gonna quote uh, an NPR article here that that kind of gives the response from ABC. So we'll start with that. ABC News executives say their journalists were simply not able to corroborate the details of the reporting sufficiently for broadcast. We would never run away from that. Chris Vlasto, head of investigations for ABC News, tells NPR. The network has filed approximately two dozen digital and broadcast stories on Epstein since early 2015, when ABC started talking to the accuser, Virginia Roberts Jufri. So there's a good point there, which is that if you're trying to say ABC was unwilling to talk about Epstein... That's really hard to support because they've actually done a lot of coverage of this case. Yeah. And the idea that like, okay, well, we, we weren't able to back in 2000, like, I think it was 2015 when this video was, or sorry, 2019 is her talking about this. But I think she was t- frustrated that like they hadn't gotten the story out earlier and broken the story. 
But I like there's legal concerns when you're reporting something like this and you're alleging that like a prince uh, is part of a child sex ring and like a bunch of very prominent, very wealthy people have been committing horrible crimes. Um, And there is like your legal department is going to look over something like this in addition to your editorial department and be like, okay, either we have enough backup for this story to move forward or we don't think we can safely drop this yet because we don't have uh, enough like evidence to support it. Right. I mean, it sounds like another case where idiots on the internet saw how professional adult does a thing kind of simplified and misunderstood it and then applied it to something else. So like we can see, oh, NBC actively covered up this Ronan Farrow's reporting on Harvey Weinstein, uh, mm-hmm. which they did. And mm-hmm. then the, the idiots of the internet, the, the idiots of the world, the James O'Keefe's and whatnot, the trolls and stuff, they'll look at something that seems like it shares some of the DNA because they're like, hey, big news network, something, 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 scandal, yeah. something, 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 and they knew part of it, and they didn't tell us these things are the same thing, which is not the case. Yeah, yeah, and it's, like, on the video, Robox says, I tried for three years to get it out to no avail, and now these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I'm so pissed right now. Like, every day I get more and more pissed, because I'm just like, oh my god, what we had, it was, what we had was unreal. But when the video leaked, she made a public statement. Um, As the Epstein story continued to unfold last summer, I was caught in a private moment of frustration. I was upset that an important interview I had conducted with Virginia Roberts didn't air because we could not obtain sufficient corroborating evidence to meet ABC's editorial standards about her allegations. The interview itself, while I was disappointed it didn't air, didn't meet our standards. In the years since, no one ever told me or the team to stop reporting on Jeffrey Epstein, and we have continued to aggressively pursue this important story. Which they did. Again, like, the network launched, like, a two-hour documentary um, in, like, it, like they, they've, they've covered this a lot. Um, it's one of those things, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly open to the possibility that with his connections and power, um, Epstein had an in at ABC that tried to quash the story at some point. That's uh-huh. certainly not impossible. But I'm not seeing evidence of that. Like, I'm seeing evidence of... Th- it's hard to go after billionaires and princes uh, and royalty um, and politicians when they commit crimes if you only have one source because like you can get your ass sued for that stuff like yeah. it's you, you, there, there yeah i i think people are blowing this out of proportion i think i think you're right to connect it to like what happened with Ronan Farrow um because that is a case of, of where he came in with this big story and they tried to quash it for very sinister reasons and I think O'Keefe was pretty smart to launch this pretty fairly shortly after, um, like, Ronan Farrow's book came out, because I, I do think those two things have been connected in a lot of people's heads. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about <laughs> Epstein's suicide slash murder. Um, okay. Yeah, that'll be, this will be fun talk. He's just sitting with my buddy Dan, talking yeah. about a murdered or suicided uh, multimillionaire financier prostitute child pimp. Oh, I guess I should uh, try to get... Uh, 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 ahead of this, because it sounds like we're going to cover some pretty dark stuff. If people are easily uh, uh, triggered by by talk of child molestation and or suicide, uh, I also just knowing myself, I will probably make suicide jokes. I don't think suicide is funny or a laughing matter, and it should always be taken seriously. But because of the way my brain is wired, yeah, it just might happen. It, uh, I'm, I'm just putting the warning out there. Yeah, I I had to physically fight myself to stop from just quoting the lines from the MASH theme song as a response to you, um, which I I didn't do, and I'm proud of myself, (laughs) but I might later. 
Okay. Um, yeah. There's a number of things that people find really fishy about the Epstein suicide. Probably, like, one of the chief things is the fact that he was taken off of Suicide Watch, which seems really damning. Like, why would you take this guy off of Suicide Watch? Um, he seems like a clear case of uh, the kind of person you would be worried would commit suicide. And, in fact, a number of, like, corrections, uh, at, like, like people who have, have, like, worked in prisons and stuff, um, like, they ha- have come out and said that, like, this was a dumb call to remove him from Suicide Watch. Cameron Lindsay, a former warden who worked at three federal facilities, told NBC for them to pull him off Suicide Watch is shocking for someone this high profile with these allegations and this many victims who has had a suicide attempt in the last few weeks. You can take absolutely no chances. And I, I think this seems conspiratorial to people who don't really know how the the justice system worked. And I, I kind of think this is just a situation of where Epstein was treated like a normal prisoner. Um, he was not removed just out of, like, laziness. Like, he had a face-to-face meeting with a doctor um, who determined that the suicide watch was not warranted anymore and removed him from it. Um, and, you know, basically he convinced a doctor that he wasn't a risk after his suicide attempt. And you can say that uh, that shouldn't have happened or that, um, like, it, it was a bad call. It was certainly a bad call. Like, it was obviously a bad call. But this sort of thing is incredibly common. We actually don't know how many people die in uh, of suicide in prisons right now. We only have data up to 2014. That feels um, like something we should get a better uh, system doesn't it handle doesn't it yeah um we 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 only have data up to 2014 because in 2014 suicide in jails and prisons in america hit a 15 year high and became the leading cause of death in jails mm-hmm. uh and after that the department of justice stopped providing us with information about suicides in our jails for some reason which is that might be more of the conspiracy in my yeah. head <laughs> that they're hiding this <laughs> this information um yeah suicide accounts for a third more yeah uh, roughly a third of all deaths in in jails uh and in 30 percent of all deaths in state prisons it actually jumped 30% from 2013 to 2014 in state prisons. Oh, sorry, it's 7% of deaths in prisons. It jumped 30% over the course of 2013 and 14. And we don't know how high it is now, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it had a 30% leap over the course of a year in 2013 and 14, which is um, huge. Uh, the AP and the University of Maryland's Capital News Service recently conducted an, inter- uh, an investigation where they found hundreds of lawsuits against local jails um, talking about suicides, like against local jails because inmates had committed suicide. Um, and that was, that's just in Maryland. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the Marshall Project used public records laws to find suicide data from the Bureau of Prisons, which show a rise since 2015. But again, they had to use like FOIA requests and stuff to get that data. Nobody's like publishing it normally. Um, like it's a huge systemic problem and it might be like the single largest problem with American prisons. I found a really good quote from David Fothy, who is the director of the National Prison Project at the ACLU. Um, In most prisons and jails I've seen, and there are exceptions, suicide prevention is a joke. We have seen people able to attempt suicide while supposedly on constant suicide watch. We've seen people taken off suicide watch because staff thought they were okay and then killed themselves that same day. We've seen officers who were supposed to be watching someone on suicide watch actually sleeping. So this shit happens a lot. And it can't really be overstated just how big of a uh, problem this is. I know that's just what you've been doing, but just uh, only because I've been researching this for Mm. uh, a future upcoming thing at work is that uh, as mental health 
treatment facilities close down, more and more people in need of mental health end up in jails. And I know in a few cases, the county jail is the largest single provider of mental health services, which is uh, not great. Yeah. And I think one area people get when they when they see this removal from suicide watch for Epstein is something sinister um is sinister in like a conspiratorial way i think what actually is happening here is that for the first time in his life this guy got treated like everybody else mm-hmm. um and that's what happens to everybody else it happens to a shitload of people in prisons and jails they kill themselves and I, you can look at it as uh, the deep state wanted him dead, and so they had him removed from suicide watch, and like you know, told him that it was either this or someone would murder him, and then he did it. Or you can look at it like, oh, he did the thing that like thirty percent of people in his situation do, or something like right. that. you know, a, a large chunk of people. Like it's yeah. Now, one thing that is legitimately sketchy is that both of the cameras outside the jail cell where Epstein died were broken, which is sketchy as hell. I'll give everybody who's on the murder side that that shit's uh super fishy it, it would be hard where, yeah it's another one where again i don't uh have all the information like that exactly immediately at its face value it sounds sketchy um but i've never done the research to know just how well maintained security cameras are exactly and again there's not it's not like there's data on this because the bureau of prisons doesn't give people data on fucking anything yeah so Maybe something's there, maybe not. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm gonna. We're, we're, we are now moving on to the part of the episode where I have an actual little essay written. Um, oh, okay. Because, because Dan, did you run into a story uh, at the end of last month where a, uh, a, 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 a what you mean a forensic investigator uh, who observed the Epstein autopsy said that it was consistent with homicide? Yeah. 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 Did you did you look into that at all? Of course not. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, so that happened last month, and a lot of people uh, shared it on Twitter, uh, including myself, and were like, oh, this is okay, I guess maybe he was murdered, like, now we've got some fucking hard evidence. And then a couple of my fans were like, you should look into the guy who actually declared it a homicide, the, the, the specific investigator, and I did. And uh, he's quite the dude, Dan. You're, you're gonna like this. Oh, good. You're, you're gonna hate this, actually, but... Oh, bad. I'm going to read this to you anyway. So uh, National Review's coverage, their headline was Forensic Investigator Jeffrey Epstein's Autopsy More Consistent with Homicide. Fox News wrote Jeffrey Epstein's Autopsy More Consistent with Homicidal Strangulation Than Suicide, Dr. Michael Baden Reveals. Now, even the New York Times' coverage seemed to point towards a pretty damning revelation. They said uh, Epstein's autopsy points to homicide, pathologist hired by brother claims. Uh Um, Now, as that hired by brother part might suggest this guy is not a totally independent analyst. Hmm. Um, Yeah, uh, because the Epstein family is very much taking the line that he was murdered. So I looked into this guy, Dr. Michael Baden, and he spent the last like week or so doing a pretty brisk business in media appearances. He was on Fox and Friends like right after this, uh, and he claimed that Epstein's injuries, particularly the broken hyoid bone in his neck, are, in his words, extremely unusual in suicidal hangings and could occur much more commonly in homicidal strangulation. Okay, that, that feel like the word could there is doing a whole lot of work. Yeah, the word could is doing a lot of lifting, uh, and more commonly is also uh, yeah. also holding some water. <laughs> now, 
he he told Fox and Friends, which is where all great forensic investigators go to uh, uh, drop their research. I, I wasn't sh- sure if you were aware of that, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, really popular. Uh, he told them he hadn't seen injuries like this in a suicide in 50 years of doing autopsies. And if you just look at this guy's credentials, Dr. Baden's credentials on paper, it does seem like he knows his shit. Uh, His website notes that he was the chairman of the Forensic Pathology Panel of the U.S. Congress Select Committee on Assassinations. Uh, He helped to reinvestigate the deaths of JFK and Martin Luther King Jr., he was asked by the Russian government to examine. Let me guess, you got a uh, homicide on those two also? Yeah, he, he sure did. He sure did. He sure did. Actually, suicide on JFK. Weird oh, wow. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah. That, it, I, don't, I, I don't have more of a joke there, um, but I'm sure you can piece one together. Uh, he was asked by the Russian government to examine the remains of Tsar Nicholas II and his family, which like, I feel like we know how that one went down. But... <laughs> and he's conducted more than 20,000 autopsies and taught homicide courses for police, judges, lawyers, and doctors in most of the U.S. and at least nine other countries. So that's a pretty pretty good resume, I would say. Yeah. Uh, pretty solid resume. More autopsies than I have carried out. Certainly. Yeah, but I've only carried out three or four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, that's the overview of Dr. Baden's career that his website presents. But it leaves a couple of things out. So before we make any conclusions about this most recent wrinkle in the Epstein case, I want us to take a look at this guy's record. But before we do that, Dan, uh-huh. you know what it's time for? Is it time for uh, goods, services? Yeah, goods, services, products. Yeah, it is time for an ad break. So... Don't think about Jeffrey Epstein hanging himself in a cell, and instead think about capitalism. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy... Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. We're back! Oh, man, those products. Can't wait to fucking put them in my mouth or whatever. Oh, you like the products. I was a fan of the services. Yeah. Um, But that's the great thing about America is Uh the freedom. Now... Speaking of freedom, or not speaking of freedom at all, let's talk about Dr. Michael Baden's career. All right. Um, In 1979, uh, while he was the chairman of that Congressional Committee on Assassinations, he was also the chief medical examiner for New York City. Now, that's a really prestigious posting, because New York is America's largest city, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but all of its citizens are very talented murderers. Yeah, and and it's also, I don't know if you know this, but it uh, it never sleeps. So they're just like always murder happening yeah it's just a it is a uh murder factory um that's in fact what they call it uh on the streets i hear Mm -hmm. yeah taking the taking the taking the a train into the murder factory i don't know if the a train goes into new york i don't know if there's an a train i don't know about the subway dan hey it was a good joke and you were wise for making it thank you thank you for your approval now baden uh had been promoted to that that very prestigious gig in August of 1978, after more than 10 years as the deputy chief medical examiner. Mayor Ed Koch, uh, who promoted him, told the New York Daily News that he had known Dr. Baden since 1966 and found him to be very capable and innovative. Uh, Now, Mayor Koch changed that tune less than a year later. According to New York Magazine, too many unforced errors added up, including a picked-apart trial testimony in the Dr. X case, leading to the acquittal of Mario Jeskalovich in a spate of poison murders at Riverdell Hospital, a housing authority patrolman whose January 1979 murder went undetected for 12 hours, his body removed from the scene before a proper death investigation, conflicting conclusions related to the chokehold death of a Brooklyn businessman at the hands of police, and off-the-cuff comments about the possibly sexual interrupting death of Governor Nelson Rockefeller. Okay. So... He fucks up a bunch of really big cases. Mm-hmm. And more than anything, I think, that got him fired, it's the fact that he started a rumor about the death of the former governor. Um, like, there's this rumor that Nelson Rockefeller died fucking, which is a great way to be rumored to have died, um, if you have to be rumored to have died a certain way. But, like, that, the origin of that rumor is just Dr. Baton. He was doing rounds at Lenox Hill Hospital and was just like, you know, the governor died having an orgasm. Uh, just is like that a cool that. rumor? Like, I understand that sex is pretty cool, but is that a is that a cool death rumor? I don't think I'd like that. You don't think? Wait, wait, how do you want to be rumored to have died? Uh, not fucking, I guess. You know, not like I, I would like like, uh, because that seems like it's going to be uh, traumatizing for the person I'm with, uh, and just a, a a real mess to clean up. You know, and yeah. I don't, don't want to leave this 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 plane has a uh, burden to many folks. I mean, I, I get there's the, the, the association of, well, he died doing what he loved, but, yeah, yeah. uh, it'd be much cooler if they were like, yeah, he, uh, he just finished fucking and then he just got hit by a bus. 
I guess I mean that's yeah that's still a lot of men. I, I I get if I had if I if I had to be rumored to have died in a in a spectacular way I would want it to be like skydiving and fighting mm-hmm. some sort of crypto zoological animal like Bigfoot like that that would be if if a, if a medical examiner is going to create a rumor about my death I would want it to be something cooler than that you know yeah I think I'd probably just want something that was very out of character for me so that it would just confuse everyone around me just like in a, a big game hunting accident or yeah. oh yeah he died uh he he hit a, a a dunk in the warriors game and he just like fell off the rim weird people are like daniel can dunk i mean <laughs> sucks that he's dead but he he just dunk he died doing what he loved fist yeah. fighting rhinos in the serengeti yeah <laughs> yeah he dropped three of them before they got him right yeah. or like yeah, yeah rumor is he was poisoned and then we were like oh that's interesting i mean yeah. some people might not like daniel but but he's got poison enemies that's very fascinating yeah yeah polonium like yeah. you want to you, you want to go with like the government poisoning thing right, right? really yeah yeah okay so uh, people were pissed at dr baden for 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 no discernible reason dropping a rumor that the governor had died fucking um which is a weird thing for a professional doctor to do yeah um he was also in trouble because he had this really ugly habit of constantly losing crucial evidence and i'm gonna Mm. quote the new york times here and they're talking about a case the people versus levine the defendant was indicted for killing miriam winefield several important pieces of evidence were recovered the deceased fingernail clippings her dress stained with blood a blue towel a knife and telephone cord which apparently was used in the murder all the items were lost perhaps as distressing as the loss itself was dr baden's attitude which was characterized by the assistant as unknowing and uncaring about the significance of the loss when the assistant came to dr baden's office to discuss how to salvage the case in light of the lost evidence he was not so politely told to leave so, yeah. I mean, this this is, again, I hate to keep beating this drum, uh, that is superficially, at face value, sketchy and weird and damning, if you don't know anything else. And, and I, I mean, the reason I know this is just from, or the reason I've, like, adopted this attitude is because I, I work on the most. There's actually a lot more nuance to it than you'd think show in the history of, uh, not TV, it's HBO. Uh, like, we did an episode on, on Coroners this year. And that's how I know that, like, it's very common for coroners to lose things or misplace important things or bungle things just because uh, they're, it's a position that's, like, written into constitutions. It's a very old position. Uh, not a lot of people know too much about it. Uh, there are a lot of people who are unqualified just because it's an entire industry where there's, there's not enough oversight and regulation because there's no one interested in doing that. So you hear these wild stories, like a coroner who... Uh, accidentally, not accidentally, he cremated this this John Doe on purpose, uh, and then he realized from watching the news that the John Doe that he cremated was Michael Jordan's father, and he was missing oh in this, this high-profile abduction case, and the coroner was just watching the news and was like, oh no, I think I burned that guy. It's like, oh, it's, good lord. It makes you think he's a terrible coroner until you realize, like, no, it's it's like a very... It's a very troubled uh, industry. Right yes. Now. So, like, maybe this guy is uh, worse or being flippant. This 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 fellow we're talking about now, uh, or maybe he's just like another symptom of this 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 broken system. I, I think both of those things are true. Um, because I number one, I think like he definitely he got fired. So 
whatever, however normal it is for these guys to lose evidence, he was doing it more than was normal. Um, And and obviously had other issues like randomly talking about the governor's uh, fuck death. Um, But also the guy who replaced him was fired within a year or two also. So you're right. This is like... It, it does. It does kind of seem like there aren't a lot of people who are great at this job. Um, yeah. But he was not great at the job. I do think that's fair to say, because um, you know he got fired yeah. from it a year in uh, for uh, fucking up a bunch of stuff. Sure. Now I should note, Doctor Baden denies losing anything. Um, he he claims, like in the specific case that I quoted, that the decedent was brought in nude and that he went through hours of meetings about the lost evidence and that he wasn't flippant about it. I wasn't there. I wasn't yeah. even born, so I don't know what happened. Um, I can tell you that District Attorney Robert Morgenthau and City Health Commissioner Rinaldo Ferrer accused Baden of sloppy record-keeping, poor judgment, and a lack of cooperation. Uh, Morgenthau called him cavalier and unproductive about lost evidence. So this is at least what the people who work with him say about him. Now, uh, Mayor Koch demoted Baden back to deputy examiner in August of 1979. Uh, Baden sued the city for unlawful termination and was reinstated as chief medical examiner in 1980. But this didn't last long because the suit was brought up to another court and the verdict of the lawsuit was overturned uh, and he was fired again. And as it stands right now, in official legal terms, he was bad at being the city of New York's chief medical examiner. That is what the courts decided. Okay. So that's that's that job. Now, Dr. Baden moved to Suffolk County next, uh, and he was made the chief deputy medical examiner there. He lasted less than a year at this job as well. Uh, in December of 1982, he was fired after an article in We Magazine quoted him giving advice on how to commit murder using undetectable poisons. Hey. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I uh, love undetectable poisons um, sure. and talking about them. And I'm sure it was a fun article. I can see why you wouldn't want a chief medical examiner giving murder advice. I can understand why that would frustrate people in government. Yes, certainly. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that ideal behavior from no. a, a, a coroner. That said, I'm sure it was a fun article. Uh, yeah. Now, Baden denies having ever even given the interview. Um, the reporter later admitted that he'd used Baden's words out of context, but I really don't know exactly what happened here. Again, I wasn't there. Suffolk County did offer to take him back, but Dr. Baden decided to move on. So he built a new career for himself, this time as a celebrity medical pathologist, a coroner to the stars. Uh, um, so this, yeah. this is, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's not a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore so, everything I said about nuance. He's bad. Yeah. He's going to go to hell. <laughs> That's not really the job you pick if you're like... A good dude, I I think. Now, for the next several decades, up to the present day, whenever someone famous would die or get murdered, you could be pretty sure that Dr. Michael Baden was going to be there to take a six-figure consulting fee for the defense or the prosecution in the court case that resulted. His first big case was the overdose death of John Belushi in 1985. A New York Times headline at the time makes it seem like this was about the easiest gig a pathologist could have. Quote, pathologist cites heroin and death of Belushi. Which, like, not sure. not a real stretch. <laughs> um, now, the prosecution in that case was working to prove that Kathy Evelyn Smith should stand trial for murder since she'd been the one injecting Belushi with drugs. Testifying for the prosecution, Dr. Baden said that if not for the heroin, Belushi would not have died that night. And she did get uh, in a shitload of trouble for that, which I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on. Like, on one hand, she definitely helped him do the thing that killed himself. On the other hand, if you read a lot about John Belushi, he was going to die that way. 
with regard if someone was not injecting him with heroin like he was he was making horrible choices uh in that last couple of years um and it seems like everybody around him was pretty aware of what was going on yeah yeah um really sad story uh, yeah i mean but, i feel i don't feel yeah. qualified to wade into no no that kind of yeah and obviously like that one you look at like his role in that there's nothing sketchy about that they they brought him in to rule on whether or not the fact that she was injecting with heroin was a factor in his death and it was and he he ruled it seems accurately on that one so that's that's and the the los angeles medical examiner concurred with him here so it's hard to view this as anything but an accurate assessment of the evidence now over the next decade dr baden mostly stuck to safe cases where there was little danger of his work doing anyone damage he investigated the death of the czar and the murder of the Lindbergh baby um um, interestingly enough, Dr. Baden claims the Lindbergh baby never had a fractured skull. Uh, he believes it was smothered. No other pathologist seemed to agree with him, and fractured skull is still listed as the baby's cause of death. I don't know how the baby died, but he had a take on the Lindbergh baby. You're leaving Not a lot a- of blanks in your reporting there, Evans. I tried to dig up the Lindbergh baby's corpse. It turns out that that is hard to do and also considered ghoulish uh, mm-hmm. and horrible. Um so I learned a lot of lessons yeah. uh, working on this story. Um, yeah. And I, I'd like to apologize to the Lindbergh family. Finally. Finally. Yeah. There's a lot of things I actually <laughs> should apologize to them for, but that's that's personal. Um now, Dr. Michael Baden didn't really run into trouble uh, in his new field until 1995. Now, that is the year, you might remember this, Orenthal James Simpson went on trial for murdering two human beings. Uh-huh. Now, prosecutors contended that the attacks had happened very quickly, um, and this, like, the fact that it, he had killed his victims very quickly uh, was necessary for the prosecution's timeline um, to be accurate. OJ had to have been able to drive back to his home before 11 p.m. on June 12th, so, like, it needed to have been a quick murder. So it became part of the defense's job to show that the murder had taken a long time, because if the murder had taken a long time rather than being short, then the prosecution's timeline was fucked up, and then it would be easier to get OJ off. You know, you're, you're yeah. trying to disrupt whatever case that the other side is making. So the defense needed to be able to show that it had been a slow, drawn-out affair uh, with a later time of death, which would have, you know, helped exonerate OJ and make his side of things seem more credible. Yeah. Just now, a nice this- casual reminder that in high-profile prof- murder cases, uh, both sides are going to be like, you know, it'd be really helpful if these were the facts. And you've got yeah. professionals who are like, yeah, okay, then I'll make them. We'll do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll pay me how many hundreds of thousands of dollars? Yeah, yes. of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, that, was, that was his job. That was Dr. Baden's job in the O.J. Simpson case. Uh, the chief coroner of L.A., the guy who was not getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to weigh in, who was, you know, it was just his job to weigh in on murders, told jurors that he believed that a single attacker had murdered both victims very quickly after lying in wait in the house. So O.J.'s defense needed to counter this conclusion by the L.A. coroner, and they went to Dr. Michael Baden for that. Baden slammed the L.A. coroner's office for performing a crappy autopsy uh, and argued that Nicole Simpson had struggled and was not unconscious when her throat was slashed. He claimed the wound Wounds on her hands were defensive. He also argued that the cut on OJ's hand was not meaningful. Uh, And I'm going to quote from the uh, Chicago Tribune now. In trying to minimize the cut's importance, Baden revealed to the jury for the first time since Simpson's conflicting story about how he injured his hand. During an examination the week after the murders, Baden recalled that Simpson had said he'd cut himself in Los Angeles, rushing to pack for a business trip to Chicago. He said he wasn't quite sure how he had cut himself and noticed he had been bleeding but didn't know how it came about, Baden testified. He recalled some blood after trying to retrieve his phone or some material from the Bronco. 
Now, since defense attorneys uh, have previously argued that police must have planted Simpson's blood in his driveway and foyer, Baden's revelation could help the prosecution. But Simpson told the doctor he cut the back of his left middle finger when he smashed a glass in his Chicago hotel room in anguish upon learning of his ex-wife's murder. He said he was at a sink or something and squeezed or broke or banged a glass along a sink top and somehow cut the back of his finger, Baden said. Prosecutor Brian Kelberg suggested that Simpson's account of how he got the cut doesn't hold up under scrutiny. How, in your opinion, can somebody get a cut on the back of their hand by slamming a glass down without having any cuts or injuries on the palm, Kelberg said. Baden countered that Simpson could have brushed the broken glass with the back of his hand. Then Kelberg displayed photographs of Simpson's Chicago hotel bathroom shortly after he checked out. No blood stained the broken glass shards in the white sink or a white towel crumpled to one side. Do you see any evidence of blood in those photographs? Kelberg asked. No, I do not, Baden said. So that's interesting. He he didn't do a great job. Um, yeah. He kind of fucked up for the, the defense. And also... Like that, the reason I read that whole cross examination case is it makes it really clear it's his job to defend OJ. Right. Um. Like when he gets hired on one of these cases, he's not giving his unvarnished medical opinion. It's his job to help the defense, and that's what he was like. He was arguing for the defense there. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what this guy does. Um. So again, when this guy says Jeffrey Epstein was murdered and is hired by his brother, he was hired by Epstein's brother to say that Epstein was murdered. Like that's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in 2007, Dr. Baden wound up at the helm of another high-profile Hollywood murder case. This time, he was hired by the defense for record executive Phil Spector. Now, Spector was charged with shooting actress Lana Clarkson to death in his gigantic mansion, a crime he absolutely committed. He's still in prison for it and will be until he dies. Uh, now, one of the most damning pieces of evidence supporting this was the fact that Spectre's jacket for the night had Clarkson's blood on it. Now, this made the defense's case, which was that she'd committed suicide with uh, Spectre's gun, seem less likely. Now, Dr. Baden slid in to explain this away. He argued that, although he'd attended her autopsy four years prior, he'd recently concluded that her spinal cord had not, in fact, been severed by a bullet, making it possible for her to have spewed blood on Phil Spector after shooting herself in the face. During cross-examination, the prosecutor asked Dr. Baden if he had any conflicts of interest in this case that might impact his testimony. He said, none that I can think of. You want to you wanna guess as to whether or not he had conflicts of interest? I think he probably did, but uh, I, I'd like you to confirm that for me. Yeah, um, yeah. So he 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 kind of did. His wife uh, was one of Phil Spector's defense attorneys. Cool. <laughs> that that might be a conflict of interest. I'm not a, a law guy. Wait, a his law, wife? A law doer? Yeah, his wife, Doctor Baden's wife, was Phil Spector's defense. One of his defense attorneys. I mean, what am I doing wrong? How come I can't get a wife? <laughs> Uh, have you tried there's, defending... There's something for ev- someone for everyone out there, you know? They have a, a pretty cute story. Uh, have oh, you, yeah? Have you, yeah, oh, yeah. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But <laughs> I, I want to talk about your romantic issues. Have you tried defending Phil Spector in court? Uh, not, that... uh, not in court, no. Okay, just just socially. I know you, yeah. you're a big Spector fan. Yeah, like I, uh, like I, I host a, a semi-regular, it's like dinner slash variety show in my salon where uh, people come and perform. Some people just, uh, their performance is the food that they bring for everyone. Like, we all share everything. It's a very, very chill group. And I, uh, for the 10th time in a row, I comprehensively defend Phil Spector. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't, I think I'm just doing it for the love of the sport at this point because no one's challenging me. Yeah. I mostly convinced yeah. the group. Yeah. Well, that, uh, I mean, thank you for your service. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, that's a really a noble endeavor. Uh, yeah. I can think of no one who's been railroaded by the justice system 
more than Phil Spector. And um, it's just a nice night. There are no, there are no phones. We put our phones in a bucket oh, and, yeah. and just, just celebrate ourselves and our talents and the truth. Yeah, I I have a similar regular get together, but to argue that Michael Jackson was murdered. Um, mm. And yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to get together with friends and um, talk about celebrities and crime. Um, <laughs> I don't know where this bit's supposed to go. You know where this bit's gonna go, Dan? Actually, where? right into products and services. Oh, sick! I love product products. <laughs> yep, and and maybe a service or two. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. We're back and we are talking about uh variety shows, Phil Spector and actually we 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 we're, we're talking about Dr. Bate and it's time to get back into that. So we we just talked about his lovely wife uh who defended Phil Spector in court uh and his lack of conflict of interest as a result of that. Um now, Dr. Baden has spent a lot of his career in a world where accuracy is less important than showmanship. He was the primary analyst for the HBO series uh, Autopsy for all nine seasons of its run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like an on-screen presence for that. Uh, he wrote two nonfiction books, Natural Death, Confessions of a Medical Examiner, and Dead Reckoning, The New Science of Catching Killers. He also co-authored two fiction books with his wife, Remain Silent and Skeleton Justice. Uh, <laughs> just Love it. 
<laughs> Love those titles. Now, these are interesting stories, Dan. Both books center around a dynamic duo, New York City Deputy Chief Medical Examiner Jake Rosen uh-huh. and Philomena Manny Manfreda, a beautiful crusading attorney, according to Amazon. The two fall in love and solve murders. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty great. Uh, I love that in his fantasy fiction, he gives himself the job he got fired from. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very sad and sweet. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to read from the Amazon description of the book Skeleton Justice, which is just a great title. Jake's careful forensic examinations, Manny's courtroom tenaciousness, and an unusual clue suggesting that a high-ranking politician has risen from the grave take the pair from the bowels of the morgue to the world of international intrigue. At the heart of this story is a tragic tale of corruption interlaced with cover-ups, conspiracies, death squads, and dictators who committed crimes that to this day go unpunished. So, uh, there you go. Yeah. I think uh, a cool thing for listeners to do at home, if they, like me didn't know what Michael Baden looked like and just decided to look for the first time now, this is the, this is the right time to do it. Yeah, uh, he is... You, you definitely want to picture him fucking a crusading and beautiful attorney. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what he looks like? Who is that fucking the warmonger guy that used to be part of Trump's cabinet and, or then he got, and he got fired uh, with a mustache? Bolton? Um yeah, Bolton. He looks like if Bolton like ate his sadness away uh, yeah. for like nine months, this is how Bolton would look. There, um, he's there's a Wilfred Brimley quality to him, but like yeah, like, he's Brimley esque for a, sure. A, a meanness to him, but he's certainly he. It's my brain's doing a Mandela thing because he he feels very at place in Trump's cabinet. Like I'm not positive that he's not on the cabinet somewhere because he just yeah. has that look that they all have. <laughs> he could be the secretary for health and human services. <laughs> like, like, I'm looking at a picture of him right now pointing at a graph at a press conference. And yeah. like, yeah, he does it the way a Trump guy would point at a graph. Like, <laughs> it's weird to say that, but he's he's got the exact, it, yeah, it, it he does look like that. Yeah. My God. Um, what a, what a, what a fella. Now, in more recent years, Dr. Baden was hired by the family of Michael Brown to analyze his autopsy report and testify. Uh, His report concluded that there were no signs of a struggle and that Brown had been shot six times. Now, this is uh, more or less consistent with the other reports on Brown's death, um, except for the fact that he stated with certainty that Brown had been shot exactly six times. Uh, A lot of uh, Dr. Baden's colleagues critiqued him for this um, Mm -hmm. because it's actually really hard to tell in a case like that, especially when someone's shot like right over concrete, how many times they were shot because the bullets tend to pierce them and then ricochet back. So it often someone will have six holes in them, but they'll only have been shot three times. Um, so NBC talked uh, to a pathologist who was very critical of Baden for stating confidently how many times Brown had been shot. He said Brown was way too confident for someone who hadn't seen x-rays, clothing, or lab reports, all of which can be important. It was also worrying that Brown had been embalmed because that would alter the color of the wounds, potentially throwing off Baden's analysis of entry and exit wounds and his count of six bullets. It could be that only three bullets made those wounds, the pathologist said. Mm-hmm. So... I, I, I quote that not because, like, he was wrong overall, like, Michael Brown wasn't struggling, he was murdered, obviously, but, like, the fact that he's talking about exactly how many times the dude was shot, 
um, when he can't have known that, and like as this other pathologist note, he didn't see the X-rays, the clothing, all of all of this context that's critical to actually making an accurate assessment of a case. He didn't know that. He just wanted to have a take um, because it was his job to have a take, and yeah. so he he gave a take without having the information he would actually. And need. it's it's fun to have takes. Dolphins are girl, girl sharks. See, look how much yeah. fun I'm having. Dolphins all are are in fact girl sharks. Um, that is the official stance of this podcast, and <laughs> I, I think it's fair to say the official stance of iHeartMedia. Hell yeah! Um, yeah, I can dictate corporate policy. Re dolphins. That's in my contract. <laughs> now, um, fellow pathologists are generally pretty critical of Doctor Baden. Uh, one former classmate of the doctor's, who also worked as a medical examiner, said this of him: He is very bright, but he has a propensity for giving out statements and testimony which are not entirely accurate. Uh, Dr. Lowell Levine, who was the co-director. Of I mean, I don't think you need to to compliment sandwich that. You don't. I, he's, <laughs> he seems very clever, or whatever. He's a smart guy, but he lies all the time. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's a good doctor, yeah. but his patients always die. Yeah, he's uh, a, yeah. a dangerously unfit with uh, tremendous consequences. But uh, uh, his book, oh my god. Oh, the fucking in that book. I I will tell you, if you want to come while reading someone else's <laughs> fantasy fiction, that's the book. Um, yeah, uh, Dr. Lowell Levine, who is co-director for pathology for the New York State Police and like alongside Dr. Baden and worked with him, said this. Uh, Michael never saw a camera he didn't like. He used to yell at me about the press. They're just trying to make a living. Why don't you help them? So this is a guy, he likes being in front of cameras. He likes the sure. attention. It's not just about the money. It's also about being a part of the story. Yeah, a trait um, shared by all of the most normal, balanced people. All of the healthiest people in the world. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So it, it shouldn't come as a shock that Dr. Michael Baden found his way into the employ of Jeffrey Epstein's brother. Uh, he did not conduct an autopsy on Epstein. He did observe the autopsy. Uh, and again, the bulk of his case that Epstein was murdered centers around the fact that Epstein's hyoid bone was fractured in three places. Baden calls this very unusual for suicide and more indicative of strangulation, homicidal strangulation. Interestingly, Baden has recently claimed that the doctor who performed the autopsy didn't sign off on Epstein's cause of death as suicide. Dr. Baden claims the call was made by the chief medical examiner for New York City, which is the person holding the same job he got fired from doing. Mm -hmm. um, now, he insinuated on Fox and Friends that this was strange, but the reality seems to be that for a case this high profile, it's not unusual for the chief medical examiner to want to make that final call. Um, and to not make that call just during the autopsy. Because, again, like that other medical examiner stated, there's other shit outside of the autopsy that you look at to try to determine what happened. Um, so it, it's not really weird that things would have proceeded this way. Uh, Rolling Stone interviewed Dr. Judy Melanick, uh, a pathologist, and she pointed out that hyoid bone fractures happen in suicide too, and that depending on the placement of the rope, it would not be at all weird for this fur to have happened to Epstein. Uh, if the fractures are nowhere near the ligature furrow, and if there are defensive injuries on the arms, then the case is more consistent with a homicide being covered up than a suicidal hanging. If there are no other injuries to the body, and the hyoid and thyroid fractures correspond to the location of the furrow, then it could realistically be a hanging suicide. So, Again, he doesn't really give you all of the context that a professional who's not making money and not just trying to get in front of a camera is going to give you. Um, Rolling Stone also spoke with Dr. Priya Banerjee, uh, who's another uh, forensic pathologist. Her comments are interesting to me, particularly in light of the criticisms made against Dr. Baden after his work on the Brown murder. The reason we do full autopsies is to make sure that the outsides and the insides correlate and that everything makes sense. I always do an autopsy with a skeptical lens. In addition, any death in custody is scrutinized in fine detail to evaluate what led to the person's death. 
Now, Banerjee agreed that the broken hyoid bone was worrisome and definitely worthy of further investigation, but she didn't go on TV and say that she thought Epstein's death was probably homicide because she's a responsible medical professional. Sure. Um, Doesn't really sound like she has a future in the field. No, she's not going to be making O.J. Simpson money, that's for sure. Um, Now, Dr. Sampson, who's the chief medical examiner of New York who declared Epstein's death a suicide, continues to stand behind that conclusion. She pointed out no one finding can be taken in isolation uh, and referred to the complete investigation conducted by her office as opposed to just the autopsy that Dr. Baden witnessed. So, like, that's that's the story of Dr. Baden. I'm not saying Epstein wasn't murdered. Uh, I'm not saying I know what happened. I'm saying that, like... All of this shit that keeps coming out that people take as damning stories is is more indicative of like the media cycle around this and the need for there to be stories about it than it is about a smoking gun because right. there's just not one. It's like in a lot of cases, it's worth knowing the the source of this yeah. statement. It's it's important to have the context of like yes, he said this, and uh, you know there is a chance that Epstein was murdered, but like look who you're look who you're listening to. Yeah, you're listening to the guy who was hired to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's his job. Um right. And that's, that's, that's our fun story today. Um, are, are you, are you, are you happy, Dan? Uh, yeah, I'm always pretty happy. Happier than you were with the, the last Epstein episode? Uh, much happier than I was with the last Epstein, Epstein yeah, episode. Yeah. And not just because, um, uh, it was wildly depressing last time and he's fucking dead now. But yep. um, I have to digest so much news for work, and a lot of it is either very breaking news about something that happened that week, or news that has just uh, stories that have, have been building for years and years and have hours of footage around them that I don't get to keep up with everything. You know, I miss so many things. And I like that I could just sit down with you and you could tell me the, the news that I missed. It's very, very helpful. Yeah. And now you know uh, uh, the, the rest of the story um, yeah. or slightly more of the story. Uh, it, has this changed how you're leaning R.E. suicide or murder for Epstein? Uh, I think I'm leaning suicide. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to take the stand on that or anything like that. But everything you've laid out makes a pretty compelling case for it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to take a strong stance either because, like, the dude did have dirt on two presidents, including one sitting president and, like, a royal family member. And, like, that's just the top of the list. So, like, yeah, like, fuck, there's a lot of people who wanted the son of a bitch dead. Um, but, like, I'm not seeing any evidence for that yet. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think people need to chill out and... Trust that, like we're we're just not going to get any good information about this for a while. Um, it's just going to be shit like Doctor Baden trying to stay in the news. So that said, I also think I think you'll convince listeners like me, who knew a little bit about this but not too much, that there's not a conspiracy there. But I think the people who already believe this is a conspiracy and and they're like, "Fuck it, Hillary Clinton killed Epstein with her hands." That's like they're, they're. they're lost, man. You're not going to get them. Yeah, to I mean, shake that belief. I yeah, it's I. We all know like Hillary Clinton did 9/11, but Ooh. I don't think she killed Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. That like we, I think we should all just stop living in this this conspiratorial world and start trying to make sure that she she faces justice for her 9/11ing. Yeah, it was so crazy when when 
everyone was like, Hillary Clinton, Benghazi, which, you know, she did do Benghazi also. But the whole time, I'm like, guys, there's a bigger fish. What are you yeah, there's, doing? There's 9-11. We've all seen the pictures of her flying those planes into the towers and parachuting yeah. out. She yeah. did both of them. Yeah, she is, I mean, in fairness to her, an incredible pilot. Yes. Um, like, one of the greatest of her generation. Yeah. Um, it's a shame she used her powers for evil. Yeah. Well, that's going to be all for us today uh, on Behind Ooh. the Bastards. Um, uh, tweeted us with hashtag Hillary Clinton 9-11 justice. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure that'll that'll lead to some really fun mentions for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan, you got any pluggables to plug? Yeah, the, the season finale of the show that I write for will be on that week, and then we'll we'll be off for a couple of months for our nice hiatus. So watch the season finale. Uh, it's it's very uh, a lot of people, a tremendous amount of people, work very hard to get every episode of this show on to your TV or or phone, um, and so watch it because. Because a lot of us lose sleep making it. <laughs> now, the show that you work for is is Last Week Tonight with Community's John Oliver. Yes, that's right. Uh, did I not mention the name of the show? You did not mention the name of the the, the, the very popular and influential TV show that you I'm, write for I'm and won an Emmy for writing for. I'm so fucking cool. Oh, my God. That's punk rock. <laughs> that is. I got to ask, with the Emmy, do you wear it around your neck ever, like when you go to the gym? Uh, I found when we, like the, the night you win the Emmy, you they mm -hmm. just hand it to you and then you yeah. walk around with it because you don't go like the hotel is far from where the emmys are so you just go to the parties carrying this emmy you're at the governor's ball and the hbo party and the last week tonight party with an emmy in your hand and strangers some of whom are famous will say congratulations to you so i've just never left the house without it i don't have it on my neck or anything like that but mm -hmm. it, but uh, as soon as i discovered that people say congratulations to you when you hold an emmy and and my brain was like more of this please i've just i mean it's filthy because i have not let go of it mm -hmm. but yeah if you see me in the street with the emmy say congratulations to me please oh yeah no i i will but i will not shake your filthy emmy hand no don't. um no no um well, that's Dan. Uh, give him congratulations on his Emmy uh, and ask him uh, how various famous people smell um, in case he's met them and seen oh, yeah. them. Um, yeah. Uh, Evan's I, talking I, about smells. You ever going to come out to New York? What? You ever going to come out New to New York and visit? Yeah. S you know, I, I, I think I think my my uh, I might wind up there uh, next year to do some work. Um, I'm, I'm hoping so. Uh, I love the, the apple that never is small yes as people call it um so we'll uh we'll have a we'll have an emmy party cool. um and uh yeah you can find this podcast on the internet at behind the bastards.com uh you can find us on twitter and instagram at at bastards pod um you can buy t-shirts at t public uh and you know if you want to steal an emmy and mail it to me uh, then I too will be able to get compliments from strangers in the street. Um, so you know, I don't know who 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 who's easy to rob that's won an Emmy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Try Will Wheaton. He did he win an Emmy? I I don't think so. Well, rob Will Wheaton either way. Um, well, maybe don't do that. Uh, I should not be urging people to commit specific crimes on the podcast. Give Will Wheaton an Emmy and then take it from him so that it's technically not a crime i should just you know i gotta tell you man from one writer to another you are sticking the landing here <laughs> thank you thank you we try to end every episode gracefully um and with aplomb um ah. so 
the show's done. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free at-